0: I realize your guys' show is for the lore, which seems like it actually.
1: For the lore!
0: And it almost (laughs) works.
1: listening to for the lore the podcast that delves in the craft of our favorite games whether lore gameplay or game design joining roger is joe writer from wow insider and world of Maticus, and vince from massive nerd
2: For The Lord. This is Roger coming to you on Monday, the 30th of July. Same as usual. We got Joe and now Matthew with us. How are you boys doing tonight?
0: Fantastic.
2: I'm incredibly sweaty. Really? <laughs> See, well, that's yeah, the great you. thing about air conditioning. That's when we got in the house, and I keep that sucker pumped all throughout the summer. <laughs> I'd...
1: We have an air conditioner downstairs, which we had to get because one room in the house has to be livable. I like, you know, but we can't really you know. afford to have it in all the rooms because the way this place is set up, the screens are built into the windows, which, by the way, don't ever move yeah. anywhere where the screens are built into the windows. When
2: we oh. lived back up north and we had a tiny little house, um, 800 square feet, and that's what we raised four kids in. And we had one little window air conditioner. And then what we did is we had fans positioned at different intervals in the house going. just to keep the airflow yep. going all over the place. We just MacGyvered it is
0: all we did. That's exactly what I have doing out of my apartment now. Yeah. Okay, let's
2: uh, cover a couple of things right now in regards to DLC and game bonuses, just because I found it ironic that it came through for a couple of games this week that got people fairly excited, one being Transformers and the other one being Dishonored. Now, I wanted Joe's opinion about the Transformers, only because you read one report and they're saying, how dare they play with this sacred bit of lore and then somebody else saying how awesome is this i'm going to be able to do this so joe i'll let you run us through what's going to happen and then i want your take on what you think about it
0: all right first of all pre-ordering transformers follow cybertron uh it features you know g1 optimus prime you get a g1 optimus prime uh you get the g1 retro pack that itself is honestly i think is kind of cool because it's not entirely necessary to play the game. It's a nod to the people that do have faith in the franchise and pre-order, which is kind of a big thing right now, right? Because a lot of people, you pre-order a game or they, they just don't even bother. Like a lot of people just, pre-orders have gone down. So this is a nice way to entice the diehards, and people like me and Vince, who I know will be, you know, getting this game for sure, to possibly just throw down a little money ahead of time and say, hey, I want that game, uh, which I think is kind of cool. Now... The animation sequence, I don't know if you saw that, was just kind of awesome, and it had all the, the classic sounds, and everything was kind of cool, and I was very excited about that. But that's okay to me. Like, it's not a big deal, and I don't see... Like, a lot of people are really angry about this, and I don't get it.
2: Yeah, neither like, did I, really.
0: It, it's a skin, and that's really what it is. Like, it's just skins, and it's not really game-breaking in that way. Well, and not the, just that, but you would think that... Um...
2: It, it, again, the argument that it's this sacred bit of lore in the history of of the Transformers, and we lived through it as kids, and we, you know what I mean, to me
1: is such a load of melodramatic crap. I've, Have you never like I've, actually I've... talked to Transformers fandom though? Those guys are kind of. I talk to kind of them weird. every week. Yeah, <laughs> one of them uh, twice a week. <laughs> I, yeah, but I mean, there's levels of Transformers fandom. Like there's there's people who have wikis where they they sit and argue about whether or not this particular quote unquote kit bash is within the canon because it's not purple and that's you know as we all know the Insecticons have to be purple. It, like seriously, like I had a friend who used to spend a lot of time arguing online about whether or not you could have the Destructicons in, in any color but green or purple. These people are very serious about this. The cartoons, yeah, the comic books, the toys. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying sometimes you got to be careful with Transformers fandom. It, it's, yeah, it's no, kind of like going into a cage full of sharks. It's it's
2: no different than the Trekkies. Any other really, fandom? really they're no. they're just as nuts as the rest of them.
0: But no, it's the, not the, the point that but... I'm making
2: and I understand what you're saying. Okay, I, I completely <laughs> get that. But what I'm saying is as a true fan of something wouldn't you want to be able to relive part of those truly epic moments in those IPs that meant that much to you?
1: See, I don't, like I said, I'm looking at this animation right now and it looks cool to me. I saw the movie when it came out and they recreated the bit where he drives in and shoots everybody. I don't get why this would upset you. It's not, you know, Optimus, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret here. They bring Optimus back in the cartoon. He doesn't stay dead. So if you're out there and you're really upset about this, I'm sorry, Um, Spock didn't stay dead either. You know, I don't... It would be like if you were playing a Star Trek game and they had original shirt Kirk and someone was like, don't use original shirt Kirk! I I don't know what to tell you.
2: You know, and that's the thing. I I don't get it either. I, I think it's fairly cool myself. Now, moving on then to the next bit is that we found out that yet another game is going to be coming out and offering multiple different bonus packs depending on where you pre-order the game from and we'll go through what they are in a minute but this is one of those things where I personally have now gotten to the point where I don't care anymore you know there was a time when it pissed me off there really was a time when it was like god damn it I don't feel like buying the game three times now it's like I I expect it now so like I've been reading and reputable news sites freaking out about this and also saying how can we choose which of these packs to 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 get because we haven't played the game we don't know what it's going to be well you can read the goddamn description it pretty much says what it's going to do and then you could base it on what style of play you normally like to play in a game so for me when they were talking about the dishonored bonuses which there's going to be a bunch of them that are going to give you a variety of different bonuses whether we're looking advantages and advantages in the game if you pre-order, um, such as being able to uh, break glass without, with a noise reduction one of them is more kind of stealthy. It's the Shadow Rat Pack. It's called... There's one of them that is much more... Magnification which is kind of interesting. Yeah, much more... Uh, they they call it fester... Or, sorry, fencer. You can... You'll have bonuses to your sword versus sword advantages, which was kick-ass in the video. And none of this, like, being sneaky. I'm going to run up and stab you in the face. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be a murder machine <laughs> yeah. in this game. Screw that. I did my
0: stealth playthrough on... Uh... DSX Human Revolution, screw that! Screw that this not one, doing that again. Murder
2: Machine. Uh, then there's the other one through UK's the version UK, of Amazon. The UK one, the Raven one. That was pretty friggin' awesome. But I've got to tell you, for me personally, the actual the American Game Station one, GameStop, was the one that I thought was the best. It was freaking interesting. The Void Channel stuff, the 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 stuff with the the rats as well. Some of them not um not attacking you not and things like that. Hostile, yeah. I thought that was awesome. But again, I'm I'm thinking at this point here, uh, me personally, I don't care anymore. You offer as many different
1: versions as you want. I'll find the one that's the one that I'm most likely to enjoy and I'll buy it from there. There you go. My only codicy with that kind of thing is what happened to me when we when we pre ordered and we pre ordered it specifically for the special stuff. We pre ordered Mass Effect three to get like the special gun and so forth. Right. And they didn't give it to us.
2: Yeah, that was through. Yeah, yeah, that's through. Well, not only
1: did they yeah. not give it to us, we have yet to ever get it. Really? That I didn't yeah. know. Tried to even get the code, everything. Multiple people tried to help, nothing, never got it. Right. So, that kind of thing, be be sure you get it when you pre order.
0: Which uh, I will say, honestly, I've never had a problem with that with at least GameStop. Cause, and this is just my personal experience with the ones here. If something goes wrong, like we had a, I pre ordered Arkham City and one of the codes wasn't working. Uh, when it first came out, they literally went through and either offered uh, a bonus, like in game, say, "Hey, it fucked up. Here's or in store. Here's you know twenty dollars credit. Go go put it on something else. Or here's an alternate uh, code that we secured that we know works. Here, have a nice day." They did the same thing with Assassin's Creed. Yeah, but you, you know what? Kind I'm
2: of cool. I'm actually in Matthew's boat with this because I've had problems with GameStop where they completely butchered orders for me, canceled them without ever telling me all kinds of stuff.
1: Well, There's no GameStop up here. This was actually I think no, it's no, Game.
2: I you can order through GameStop from Canada if you want. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, and they completely butchered it. So, and I had ordered it for uh, in in this case one of them was for uh, um, Star Trek before it came up when we thought it was going to be good and uh i
1: can't remember what the other one was
2: but so
1: but, you know guy like said i don't i don't have a particular dislike for the kind of pre pre buy offers that get neat stuff uh i kind of feel like sometimes they go nuts with it like you know th- this is kind of a lot of stuff there's four different promos here yeah well which one did you like crazy.
2: which one are you thinking of getting
1: Oh, the thing is, is I don't like assassination games. I don't like sneak up. I really just like walking up to people and killing them. I'm fairly straightforward. But you can do that. You can do, you do that. that. You have the yeah, and that's, that why, that's why I'm, you know, my options are the one that I can get that gives me stuff for that. Like Fencer looks to be the best one for me. I can't even get the UK one. You know, well, but it also the UK one is at, also good at Walmart can get the UK in the UK States, ones too. Oh, my God, Walmart, too. But yeah, yeah. I still, for me, the, the murdering, straight up murdering one here, the Fencer one seems to be the way to go. I love blast resistant and the wolfhound in game statue. I mean, yeah. you know.
2: <laughs> I actually have ordered stuff from Amazon UK as well, and it is just as good and reliable as the amazon.com and .ca. So, huh. I freaking love Amazon. They're great and on time. So, when I'm looking at this, I'm looking at okay, which one do I actually want to order from? So, and I'm not quite sure. Because the uh, yeah. again the the one that is the uh, the GameStop one, we're looking at the um, the power duration and b- damage bonus the void channel. The white rat friend, white rats right, white rats will not be hostile. Gutter feast, uh, white rats consume. What, was it, what are we talking about? Yeah, consummation for mana.
0: You can eat them for mana. Yeah. yeah.
2: Whale in game statue unlocks one additional slot for bone charm uh, bonuses. Uh, unhidden book and isn't that the one that also comes with the cards
0: yes Yes, and that's what sold me on it yeah the special edition
2: comes with the uh 72 tarot
0: cards cards with instructions to play the game of nancy that's freaking awesome again that's awesome for us a lot of people i heard them saying who the hell cares about tarot cards i care we
2: actually have tarot card the wife has a couple of different things we have the osho zen tarot deck which is unbelievably awesome and i'm just a freaking nut for cards so i collect them yeah So, the only thing that scares me is that it's GameStop. But is that the one that you're going to go with, uh, Joe? Yeah,
0: already pre ordered, actually. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I've, I, when I went through and uh, when I pre ordered Mr. Pandaria, uh, my collector's edition, I went ahead and did this as well. And I... uh, it's the ones that I know. And one of them's a friend, the one the guy that runs the store by me now is actually a friend of my sister. So I know where he lives. So, <laughs> so good. <laughs> you will
1: provide my pre my order bonuses one way or another.
0: Otherwise, I'll be outside of your house at 4 o'clock in the morning with a boombox.
1: Here's my prepay.
2: (laughs) And a trench coat. Uh, Matthew, are you planning on picking this game up at all then?
1: Honestly, I I wasn't going to until I saw the trailer for it, and I liked the kind of steampunk meets um, occultism aspect of it. It, It's very nice. It reminds me a little of Tim Powers, but with a lot more shooting. You know, Tim Powers' books tend to only have violence right at the end. But I I do like the the kind of blend of occultism and weird gadgets and the boots. And so there was that like one thing of the walkers in the streets and him jumping from rooftop to rooftop That, that pretty much I was like. Yeah, okay, I'm going to be buying this. The thing that I like, too, is, again, when you're talking about you're not that much into the
2: stealth and killing kind of things, you, you still have a lot of different options, that it appears, from what we've been told with this game, in how to complete quests, too. So it doesn't always have to be the sneak up and stab him in the face. You can still do various sneaking things to get around, and then just when you're ready, go in full full frontal and just yeah, take him down. Yeah, it
1: looks to be pretty good. Bottom boom So... Alright,
2: all right, let's move away from there and talk a little bit about Terra, because actually there's some updates coming through the pipe
0: for that, and huge by the sound updates. of it, fairly big. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. Huge updates. We're talking about the Queen of the Argons update, uh, which is a huge, huge update. Uh, so let's talk about some of the stuff that we're going to see in this. First of all, the level cap is being raised from 58 to 60. Uh, we always knew that was going to happen, it's just happening a little, 58 seemed like a weird spot to be, so 60 is coming. Uh, it's going to follow the storyline of the war between the uh, the Valkian Federation and the Argons, and the story focuses on a brand new NPC, a heroine named Hasmina. Uh, there are going to be four brand new zones that are opening up that the names have not been translated yet, um, but they are basically at the northern part of the eastern continent and the western southern hemisphere portion of the eastern continent as well which is kind of cool because we look at at images of these and there there was somebody who did a full-out preview of all these zones as far as like the content that they have and they all look really 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 similar to stuff that you might see in like fantasy star online which is kind of cool to me so it's got this weird blend of fantasy and like high sci-fi like neo Uh, neon coloring, which is really, really nifty and has this very unique atmosphere, and it's something that's going to look pretty damn cool in-game. On top of that, with the level cap being raised, we are getting new skills for every single class. Warriors are getting wind split, which uh, the attack moves the character forward, then spins and attacks around the direction the character is facing. Uh, It does more damage with the new stacking system for warriors, which is taking on a look that looks more like the combo system for rogues in WoW. Now, there's a video of this ability, which is kind of cool, where you see the warrior fighting face to face and then blinking behind this giant ogre and then just slashing the hell out of it from behind in one fluid motion. Very, very cool. Lancers, my personal favorite, get Giga Chain, which is uh, similar to the previous Chain Skill, except it can chain up to six targets at once and bind them in place. Lancer is getting much more control at level 60, and there's a reason for that. We'll get to that a little bit later. Slayers uh, get Throat Slash, an attack that targets the enemy's throat. Um, It Basically, it executes faster if used right after overhand strike and lets you do massive amounts of damage sorcerers get stone skin which does exactly what it sounds like and gives you a little more survivability berserkers get rib crush which is hilariously sounding uh it's a charge skill uh that you basically dodge an attack and follow it up with a counter and basically you you beat the shit out of somebody's rib cage uh, archer get paralyzed trap arrow um, which is exactly what it sounds. It's like a trap launcher in WoW, except it paralyzes the enemy uh, enemies that are hit because it is an AoE attack uh, for a short period of time. They also get explosive trap arrow and spider trap arrow, which again, just like the wild, wild trap launcher. Um, the explosive one is an AoE attack that does explosive damage. The spider trap arrow, um, it's a slow. It's an AoE slow that they have control over. So we're seeing a lot more control skills being introduced uh, priests get healing winds which locks onto one party member and then heals all of the party members around the player that are locked onto um, the skill can be used while moving priests also get blessed resurrection which is an auto revive skill when you die you will resurrect with your hp and magic points at 100 and max stamina mystics get spirit totem uh, this totem will temporarily shield and recover party members heal, uh, hit points over time Pretty pretty substantial st- changes right there. Now, why are you going to need these changes? Because there are new instances and a new raid being introduced. There are two new dungeons being introduced. Uh, one is going to be the Temple of Valder, and the other is going to be the Abandoned Hall. And these are going to be both available on normal and hard difficulties, which introduce new bosses, new mobs, new styles of combat, and will require you to work with your team in order to uh, sort of shape the battlefield in order to survive. From people that have gotten their chance to see this content, they have said that it's very hard, very challenging, and very fun. Um, there are three new bosses being introduced. Uh, a humanoid demonic beast with a huge sword and black wings, which is looks like a giant devil that you'd find from like Devil May Cry. Um, there's one that looks like a cross between a kuma and a gorilla, which is like this giant Thing that looks like it's going to eat you if it doesn't throw a banana at you or barrels, and the other one is the Guardian of Artifact, which is my personal favorite. It's a mechanical type monster uh, that looks kind of similar to the StarCraft 2 dragoon units, uh, but it's got that very steampunk magic sort of thing going on with it, which is really, really, really awesome. Comments on any of that, guys? You want me to keep going?
2: Well. Uh- I was going to wait until the end. See, the thing that I'm concerned with is once again and it all boils down to the same the point of the show too. The problem that I had initially with the game was with the questing and with the stories that did not that that were not good that I was not enjoying and that the questing again was so unbelievably mundane. And I'm wondering now because this to me feels like if they're putting in that much content was it rushed out or was this something that they were working on based on the korean version kind of thing although damn near everything was rewritten anyways for the questing here so i'm wondering how much story and how how if it's been improved as well in this in this update if it makes it actually worth picking up
0: well, the thing is is that the story was always something that unfortunately was not very front loaded in the game um and part of that is just the limitations of what was already set before for the Koreans and trying to get it to the the eastern audience or the western audiences um it, it's so there's it's none, really, really solid it it's really solid when you get past a certain point like if the story starts falling into place, you start getting drawn into the war itself and you start to find out what wound up happening that you know. Ignited this war between the two factions, between the the Valkyrian Federation and the Argons, and you start getting dragged deeper into it. And there's a lot of interesting plot hitches and things like that that you discover as you're going through dungeons, uh as you're interacting with NPCs later on. This is just a further continuation of it, and this may seem like a lot, but it's something that they promised that they were going to deliver, which was an overall evolving of the story as the game took like stayed active so we when we interviewed them they said that flat out so the game is going to constantly evolve this is just the next step in that Valkyrian federation and the argon story and that's what the new zones are that's what the new dungeons are that's you know the level cap being raised it's all going to center around this war between the two factions and how that's going to progress further Uh, and that's kind of the the big thing there it's also one of the reasons they're bringing in uh new reputation with a new reputation quest and system uh which is going to be various npcs are going to have different quests that earn you reputation based with you know um, certain actions basically evolved around the storyline that give you either can't like Cosmetic stuff like new, new uh, accessories, equipment, possibly even green crystals. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're just kind of trying to evolve it. They're trying to keep it going, trying to keep it fresh. And that's commendable. I honestly think that is commendable.
2: No, no I agree with that,
1: yes. You're making well, no. me miss of Conan.
0: <laughs> oh, really?
1: Well, because I wish of Conan had had this much forethought. They, tried, they, they looked like they were doing well with their opening questing, and it just it fell apart so fast. I was so well, wanted to like that game.
0: Me too, and and Age of Conan is one of the reasons that Funcom has a very sore spot with me. But with this, you have the... Now, they're also transitioning into larger-scale PvE content as well, where there's now going to be a Nexus raid, which is a 10-player raid um, that's going to be also centered around uh, the Queen of the Argons. Uh, So we're going to see more involving her. And from what we saw with the videos in the instance that looks pretty damn baller and that was the giant if you watch the video that's the giant like porcelain face spider queen with the giant lasers of death and fire so because everything's, everything's
2: better with lasers everything is better with In lasers, a fantasy man. game yes
0: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but some of the visuals that are coming out of this some of the the artwork is just absolutely phenomenal the zones look absolutely wonderful I am um, honestly excited with just the level of content that they're putting in here. And there's a lot of stuff. And I mean a lot of stuff. I mean, the new skills alone are, are pretty epic. And the new armor is going to be pretty epic. It just looks really, really good.
2: See, I think that we're seeing more of a push. And we might may have the old republic to thank for this where the game developers that are putting out mmos that are still trying to make it on a monthly basis a monthly pay to play are really putting in tons of patches with a lot of content updates again if you look at everything that they've done for the old republic holy christ like you're getting your money's worth in updates all the time and that's the thing with Terra too i'm wondering if it's going to be
1: enough at least as far as the Old Republic is concerned, one of the things I think that they've learned, and maybe it's, it's, it, it will be a shame if it was too late learned, but you cannot launch Content light And you have to have a lot of content at Endgame. That, you know?
2: That's the thing there at Endgame, because the Old Republic does have a lot of content, oh, it's got but a ton it of relies content on people level. doing alts. That's the thing. Yeah. And if you're not playing alts, then no, it doesn't have enough. And it's the well, funny
1: thing about it is that the way that these games are set up, they used to be that the grind was paramount, and that was what you did for a long time. And end game was something you had to like soldier through to get to. And with the way games have cha- these games have changed, you need to have an end game plan ready to, right go. to go. It needs yep. to roll off the, the, the. It needs to roll out when the game does.
0: And I, and I think Terra did that to a certain degree between the large scale PvP battles, the PVE dungeons, the PVE raids that they've already had in place the Old Republic just did a completely different design choice and that was completely opposite of what was I think what everybody wanted. This is, is shaping up to be more like that. Now not only are they doing that but they also offered uh, people – if they signed up for recurring payments, lower monthly subscriptions as well, which I thought was kind of cool. So instead of paying just $15 outright – you could it wound up being like I think it was eight ninety five is what we're paying right now.
2: Okay, let me ask you this though now, because I know that your WoW membership has never gone anywhere, so you've always got that on the back burner. You you've let your Star Wars one drop, but you still have your Secret World one now. Yep, and still um, my secret Terra. world and still my Terra. Is the Terra still worth it at this point when you're looking at how much you've been enjoying the Secret World and of course Wow.
0: For the ten dollars a month, yes, absolutely it is. Okay. For $15 a month, yes, absolutely it is. For me, (laughs) and that's 15 bucks, really. For I'm just saying, for up even for even $15 a month, that would be okay for me. Hmm. And and that it's because it does have that interesting storyline later on, but also very unique gameplay. And the gameplay is something that really speaks to me on this game. It's different mechanics, it's a lot more Twitch based gameplay. And one of the biggest problems I always had in 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 Wow was. OK, I can't dodge this arrow, even though I see it telegraphed from 30 miles away. I can't dodge this arrow. Yeah, They're The only actually, time
1: you get to dodge anything is when there's a giant zone on the floor with, you know, right. big glowing spots. And yeah, yeah, that is there's, one of the few no, things about
0: WoW that really does bother the hell out of me. Right. There's it's, no reward for being an attentive player. Yeah, In that regard. But here there is. Like playing a Lancer is really, really fun because my tanking is all about me positioning myself correctly, getting myself in between the mob and my party members, controlling the fight by using the right abilities at the right time. But also my mitigation is based solely on how I react. Yes, I have ta- like there are things that will reduce the amount of damage I take. But at the end of the day, it's whether or not I did the right thing and played my class well. And that excites me. And you give me stuff like this where I'm, a, you know, a soldier for the Valkyrian Federation and I'm going after, you know, the queen of the, you know, the Argons. I'm OK with that because there's excitement there. And I have my player based reward and my lore based reward. And I'm happy. Like it's a it's a good spot.
2: Okay, what else is coming in the patch, or was that pretty much it?
0: That's pretty much it. That's all the major stuff. There's a lot of minor things like uh, new art, new uh, uh, armor, new um, just vanity items and accessories. There's a new mount that's being released, which looks absolutely badass. Um, there's a lot of new monster models being introduced, a lot of new environment models. Uh, it's basically a giant aesthetic update in those four zones, plus story content, which is kind of cool. Okay,
2: all right, and that's coming out when?
0: Uh, Well, uh, the timeline on the actual website itself, we're looking in the next couple weeks, but every two days they're releasing details on a new feature. Like tomorrow they're releasing further information about the skills for each class, including videos on how they're going to chain it and things like that. So over the the next couple weeks before this patch is released, uh, we're going to see a lot more detail information about each individual feature.
2: Okay. Now you mentioned Fantasy Star Online too earlier. There, there was also some news about that that came out.
0: People are actually starting to get to play it, and there's actually been a way that uh, people have been playing it in America. Right now, it's a it's a Japan only MMO. It has a, It's not scheduled to come to America until 2013. Uh, to North America, at least, it might come out in Europe before then. Not sure. But people are starting to actually report on the gameplay of it. And what's really kind of interesting is. Is that it's a great environment, and it's, and it's the same environment that Fantasy Star Online originally had, which makes me excited. The player base is actually very, 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 very happy. Uh, like they're they're helpful, um, and this is just Kotaku. I, I don't normally go to for a lot of stuff, but I thought this was a very good breakdown, and this will be in the show notes for everybody. Um, it's still got the good fast-paced combat and the fun. It's got the randomly generated zones when you go down. Um, it's private, like it's it, it is an MMO but it's a private sort of instance that you get through to go through, just like the original, where the communal space is like the ship. There are communal areas that you interact with other players, and you can invite players to come down with you uh, into combat and to go into questing, but ultimately that's your bubble and your player space. So you don't have to worry about griefing. You don't have to worry about people stealing items. You can invite only people you want to. You can close it off. You can. It's an awesome experience. It, it's got that nice blend of dealing with other people, uh, in the common areas, and then going out and doing what you want with just the people you want. Um, the community itself being helpful both for uh, English speakers and non-English speakers, everybody. There's a lot of sites that are popping up um, across the web for in both uh, Japanese and English that are giving you how to get into the game, how to connect to the server, how to translate. Uh, somebody's created translator packs that you can download and, and get it so that you can actually interact real-time with the, the game world. Um, and that's really kind of cool. Also, the level. Of, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna say, and the level of customization for the characters goes beyond what we even saw for Fantasy Star before. Between individual colors, where you have an entire color palette, and I'm like, and I'm talking on par with opening up an art app in the iPad and having to choose individual colors and blending colors. You've got that. Um, a ton of hairstyles, ton of face styles, ton of body types uh, for everything you want to play. It's all there, which is really, really, really cool because one of the gripes that people had in the original game was, aside from weapons, my character is not a unique snow – weapons and mags, really. My character was not a unique snowflake. But here, not only are your weapons and mags have the chance to be absolutely unique or different based on what you feed them or what you pick up, but your character can actually have that customized touch of this is your character, which is really, really good.
1: Is this on your radar, Matthew? No, not really. Huh? Uh, the last, the thing is, is that the, I'm still actually playing DC Universe Online, right? Which you know, I'm. I can't. There's just so many games I can play. I can't play that many MMOs. I've got right now. I've got WoW. I've got Star Wars: The Republic. Uh, I've got DC Universe Online, and I'm seriously considering the Secret World based on what people have been saying about it. Yeah, that's four. Uh, I'm not Joe. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking to myself, oh my he god. He neglects tart. That's how he does it. <laughs> no, I just don't sleep. I have I just
0: don't sleep. That's I see. I'm
1: is. already to the point where I only sleep four nights four hours a night at most. Um I can't oh, do four four hours hours less. Yeah, but see you can't remember what that
0: felt like. You can
2: pick yeah. this one up on the Vito when it eventually comes out on the Vita, and then yeah. you can play when you're on the crapper. <laughs> Make the best use of your time is That's what where it boils I read, to. man man <laughs> Not anymore. You yeah. you'll be playing Fantasy Star. <laughs> yeah,
1: I just it's it's not that I I, I was back in the day when Fantasy Star was a real going thing, I was much more of a, a single player you know, JRPG type person and I always played the weird ones. Like I'm the I'm the guy they made the Xeno gears and the Xeno sagas for. Got I was you like having a, should talk sometime. I'm the guy who's sitting there going, you don't say it was sort of like the Merkaba okay. So it's the lightning flash from Katheter Malkuth is what derives its essence. It's, an, it's like a zero-point energy system. Of course. And I'd be, everyone's going to be like, why are you so excited about this? I'm like, oh, no, you don't understand. If that thing is what it says it is, it's actually drawing power from the differentiation of states between various levels of, of the Kabbalah. For instance, when you go from this sphere to this sphere, things aren't as discrete. They are, they are, they are both item and identity, and then people would leave the room. You're like are yeah, like, oh, he's still talking? Yeah. I almost
2: did, just now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> People were like, can I get away from this? I don't really care. And I, I'm like, woo, yeah, that's a reference to the, to the Sefer Yetzera. So,
2: All right. Yeah. Well, that answers that. I am looking forward to this coming out on the Vita, just so that I can, well, A, I like the concept of playing the Vita along with the other, well, like with the the console players and whatnot. And, uh, and I really want to see what they can do with it on the Vita. I, it would be fun to see just how in depth it can be as an mmo on it the thing is is that having seen what they can do with mmos now on the ipad um they can do fantastic things now it really works well so i want to see what it'd be like on there because i'm still see,
1: actually, i'm thinking seriously about somehow f- trying to come up with a way to drop the money on an ipad just for the boulders gate announcement yeah well oh seriously God, yes. that's a thing but- And it's like, I've played the entire Baldur's Gate, but, you know, new dungeon, new stuff, it's like, you know, let me be completely honest with you, I don't really care if they add anything new, I just want to see how this thing works on the pad, because, my God, if it works well on a pad, then we've got into a whole new type of game you can bring on, like, all the stuff I used to play could be on the iPad Well, they
2: can. They're already bringing out games that are very similar to that in scope, that are that works so beautifully on the ipad it's unbelievable it's as if that type of game was made for the point move drag around and all that it just works beautifully so yeah talking about the baldur's gate like that is going to be coming out to september 18th september 18th oh man day one purchase I for the ios but But for everything yeah Yeah.
0: it's it's been announced for the windows pc that's what the countdown on baldur's gate.com was for it's going to be for Mac OS X, um, Windows PC, iPad, and they haven't announced a release date yet for it. But they said It'll Android. Be for the Android. Um, there are new characters, Near the Wild Mage and Dorn Il-Khan. Um, there's over 400 various improvements to the game as far as interface and functionality go. Art goes, character profiles, everything as long as that. Uh, there's another new character, uh, Rasad Yin-Bashir, which I think is a monk. Um, there's a brand new adventure, the Black Pits, which adds about six more hours of gameplay to an already epic gameplay. Um yeah. there's multiplayer with arena combat now with 15 different arena style com- uh battles. Uh it's just oh my okay, god. It's did they say awesome. whether
2: or not that's only going to be for uh like only iPad versus iPad, or are you going to be able to do they haven't those yeah? See, I'm very curious about that.
0: Yeah, um, so it'll be interesting. But and now the thing that everybody said the the game on the iPad is going to be priced at ten dollars. That budget but, has been but fun. you don't but get everything. You don't get everything. Um, the two new characters, Nero and Dorn, will be available as in app purchases, uh, which hasn't been announced. But they're thinking about it's going to be like four ninety nine each, which brings the entire thing up to about twenty bucks, which is the exact same as the desktop version.
2: Okay, but then the iPad version then once you get those will have exactly the same as every other version, correct? Yeah. If correct. you spend the same, exactly money, the same money, you'll have the same thing. Yeah. Well then there you go.
0: So you have the option of paying ten dollars and having a, a cheaper version without two characters, you still get one new character. Because there's three new characters, so you still get one. Um but if you pay the full twenty dollars you get Dude. everything. You get iPad. all three It'll yeah. look better
2: on the iPad with the Retina. It is going to use the Retina display, isn't it? I thought it I is going to. It yeah. is optimized
0: it's, for the Retina display. It's
2: going to look better on the iPad than it would on my freaking computer, anyways. So yeah, I'll buy it on the iPad for sure. I need something to take me away from Magic the Gathering right now because uh, that's like my, my iPad has become my Magic tablet. That's all that now, is now. The
0: other thing that should be noted as well is the characters that you get. Not only are you paying the four ninety nine for the character, you know, which is you know in and of itself a, and a lot. of people but those characters come with a unique playable adventure sur- like revolving around that character, adding further gameplay. Yeah. So it's like a $5 DLC with a character in an adventure, something like we've seen with Bioware before. Not yeah. surprising.
1: It's basically the, the quest that involves that specific character that they've had right. since the original Baldur's Gate, which you know would make sense.
0: Right, and it also gives yeah. you new areas as well unique to them, like with uh, uh, Rashad, which is the one I'm really, really excited about because I freaking love Monk's. Uh, you get the new the, the new area The cloud peaks on top of his adventure Which is kind of interesting So I don't know, I'm I'm really, 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 really looking forward to this This is a day one purchase for me And I'll drop a full $20 on the iPad version I, I give no fucks
1: You are picking up the iPad one? Absolutely Matt, what are you doing? I depends on whether or not I can convince myself to come up with the money to buy an iPad How hard
2: is it for you to convince yourself to buy uh, Pretty hard Really? I'm not, I'm not oh, tremendously
1: man. rolling in cash <laughs> oh, Okay <laughs> So it's, it's very much, this is a, but if you I can, buy an iPad, then I'm not buying anything else for like a few months. Yeah, but it's a business. But you can buy a Nexus, thing. you can buy a Nexus 7.
0: And no. play it on the Nexus 7 one. No,
1: I can't buy a Nexus 7. That, that comes into <laughs> bringing that into the house would be a problem. <laughs> Plus I've got this, I've got a relatively good computer. So I might just say, you know, F it and buy it for the PC. The problem is that I really want to see it on a tablet. I want to see what they do with the tablet space. Because, If this works, then, you know, BG2 might be next. And that's the great one. I I can't see why they
2: wouldn't. I honestly can't see why they wouldn't.
1: Well, if this works, then they will. And that would be great because Baldur's Gate 2 is the one that really just. Yeah, but I mean, they would have to literally
2: try hard to screw it up to screw up there's just there's no That's way fair. that they can do that and again we don't have to look any further than a lot of the other games uh some of them which i've talked about on the show too where they do such a fantastic job and yeah they're older
1: games but crap they're beautiful on the tablet i'm, I'm gonna say this and i don't know if anyone else has said it i'm sure somebody must have made this point at some point there was no bloody reason diablo 3 couldn't launch on a tablet nope none at all no it's nothing about that game that. There's nothing about that gameplay or the mechanics of that game. The art's really good, but it could have run it on an iPad. Hell, I ran I, I, I,
0: I used to run it on the iPad with Remoting Home. Yeah. It there's ran, nothing, ran just as fine. There was no lag.
1: nothing wrong with that game. That, that There's nothing about that game that couldn't have been on, a, on an iPad. I know the internet connection thing might have been a deal breaker for that, but... But even then,
2: I mean, and yeah. when you're talking about graphics, like the iPad 3, and Joe can attest to this as well, when you're playing some of the uh, the games on it that are heavy graphics, uh, some of them that are first-person shooters, like some of the, the, the zombie ones. Oh, damn it, hold on. I'm gonna, I got my iPad right here. I'm going to pull it up. One of, <laughs> oh, Dead Trigger. Joe, did you ever pick that up? I told you to. No, I didn't. Oh, dude, seriously, I pick will. it up. Like when you're looking at this game, it's called Dead Trigger, and it's a zombie shooter game. And it's uh, especially, too, for retina display. And I took some screenshots of this shit, and it was, like, unbelievably gorgeous. The gameplay is phenomenal, and there's never any lag. It looks great whether you're close up or further, everything. And... So, like, that's one of the games right now that I point to and show people, like, you can do anything on this. So, shit like Diablo and whatnot, yeah, they could easily have done it on... And and I'm hoping,
1: one of of the things I'm hoping for is, like, you know, not just the re-release of old stuff. I mean, there's lots of old stuff I'd love to see on a tablet-type PC. Like, you know, I, I was a big Arcanum junkie. I'd love to see the Icewind Dale games. But I'd like to see, in the future, they stop designing games so rigidly like they stop you know it's coming out for the PC it's coming out for you know Xbox no just put it on everything yeah no i put it on agree. every damn thing if it'll run on my toaster put it on my toaster it,
2: the action of touching on a screen is more natural than moving a mouse and using yeah, a is. keyboard so being able to to move around and again the way that they've got the uh, well case in point this uh, the dead trigger uh you can define where you want your um, your virtual joysticks to be, thumb pads. Um, you can also move them on the fly. You can put them on the same side so that it's easier for you to um, angle your shots and things like that, which I had to do, and it, it worked perfect after that. So the technology is there. Other people are doing it. Everybody can do it now. You can very easily have a Call of Duty on an iPad 3, very, very easily, and it would work beautifully. So. Okay, moving away from there, let's talk about this City of Steam game that you found, Joe. Because I kind of was looking through it quickly there, and I need you to tell me a little bit more about it.
0: Uh, City of Steam is one of those things where it, it looks really interesting. I'm really big into steampunk. Anybody who knows me, they shouldn't be terribly surprised by this. Um, and basically, they just had a huge, huge alpha test uh, in which they showed off, uh, you know, players getting around and going to getting to explore the world, interacting with the world. It's essentially a steampunk MMO, and that's exactly what it is. Um, between creating mechs and dealing with, you know, various other creatures, it has everything that you could possibly want in a, a steampunk MMO. Amazing visuals, amazing characters, amazing artwork for just your, you know, specific sort of armor. You have your arcanists, which are your mages. Um, there are engineers. Um, there, there's a whole ton of just interesting things here, and it's, it's like any other MMO you would see. There's, the, you know, go through dungeon adventures, lots of cool abilities, things like that. But what gets me about it is literally just that art style. It, it's, it's that fantasy RPG steampunk game, and I really do want to play it because I want to play the gunner, which is very similar to our one of our favorite, my favorite class in. Uh, Torchlight, which was my nice little dual gun wielding woman of of death, <laughs> but it just looks on it, it just looks really really cool, and it looks it. I, I always knew there was going to be a steampunk MMO that came out, and here it is.
2: Okay, any news though on what the actual storylines are behind it and whatnot? No, no, nothing yet. Okay, all right. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on it. Yeah, it's definitely
0: something to keep watching. If you guys are listening,
1: you're making this game. Just steal Arcanum. <laughs> Just steal it. They're not doing anything with it. Troika's not doing anything. Just steal it. File the serial numbers off. Here you go. <laughs> All right. We are in the kingdom of Magiclandia. Of Steamio. Okay.
2: <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about uh, Assassin's Creed 3, and then we're going to cut out not just about the game, but also there's a novel coming out for it. Joe, you were
0: Yeah, I'm actually kind of interested about this because I always like reading the novelizations of video games because in some cases they're really really awesome see dragon age um where it gave you just unique insight into the character and the story and the world that you may not have been able to get through the game or would have been presented possibly in a horrible series of of movies that could have been potentially released and and massacred Uh, assassin's creed forsaken uh written by oliver bowden uh it's it puts connor's story in words, and it comes out in December, um, it's basically everything you want to know about the game, but just done as in that full novel format, history behind the missions, Connor's involvement, things like that, and it's kind of cool, and I'd like to see how how Bowdoin takes that character, and, and I'd like to compare it to the game itself, because we already yeah. know I'm going to play the game, we already know I'm going to play the game, I'm probably going to love the game, because I've loved all the other Assassin's Creeds up to this point, it's just a matter of, of how awesome this, is, this novelization is going to be or how much extra insight it's going to give me. And that's what I'm waiting to see.
1: I, I don't know how good the novelization is going to be, but I'll tell you this. They finally found a way to get me to play an Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> you stick in the American Revolution. How many games have we had in the American Revolution, really? For a country that, that is pretty into itself, we, the United States gaming companies have not put out a lot of games about the American Revolution.
0: It's not the hot thing to yeah. do.
1: You know we, we tend to like to go back to World War II, but man you know i am I'm, I'm down for american revolutionary that's hey like, whoa when, yeah. I, when i
0: when i studied uh when I studied history in uh, in college which was my major for a while it was American history and most of it was centered around the civil war
1: okay well, well the the amrev is like one of the few times Rhode island actually got revolution. to revolution cool you know. It's like, we didn't really get to do much cool in World War One or two, but, you know, Rhode Island got to actually step up and be cool in the Revolutionary War, so I've always been kind of fond of it.
2: <laughs> and actually, the one for the Vita looks interesting for that, too. I, there's not much that's come out, but the trailers are just enough to make me want to pick it up and try it.
0: With uh, the one in Louisiana?
2: Yeah, the woman in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. It looks freaking awesome. Okay, and also there was some gameplay footage, too, that came out that looks pretty goddamn good.
0: It looks pretty. <laughs>
2: What's the like, street date on that again? Uh, October, I want to say. I thought it was yeah in the fall. I'm not sure exactly when. I
0: think it's like I think it's like October 18th. I, I have it preordered. I was oh slip god. Summer, I guess.
1: What? This is going to be one of those falls where food is going to become optional.
0: It it really is because there's Borderlands. We're, too. we're dropping
1: uh, well. everything. We're dropping everything in September and October. People, you just accept it. Yep. that's <laughs> will well, <laughs> well, the contest.
0: We'll make sure you, we'll make sure that you get fed. Don't worry. Yeah. All right. And with
2: that, we're actually going to call it a wrap for tonight. We've got a a fantastic interview that's going to be coming up in 10 minutes, actually, with the uh, fine folks over at Gazillion for Marvel Heroes. So we're going to be putting out that interview a few days after this episode, and you're definitely going to want to listen to that. We will be back again next week on Monday, same time. And if Matthew's not tired of us, he'll be back as well. You can find him, of course, at Wow Insider, and he's writing both the lore uh, articles as well as the warrior articles, which, hey, dude, I started a warrior. I did. I started. Oh, I'm sorry. I started. Shut up, dude. I've I've got like six eighty fives on one realm. I've got an eighty two and eighty three, and I thought oh, well, I'll start a warrior. And I'm playing him with my son. So I've got a. Little, Are you prot? Uh, no, actually, I decided to go fury this time. The other times oh. I did go prot, um, but I figured I'm leveling with my son anyways, and he's got oh, uh, okay. both yeah. a, a hunter and a, a druid. So I figured oh, I'll just go fury this time for fun. And uh, and we have been ripping through shit like it's made of paper, wet it's paper.
1: Good. Do you, do you have uh, heirlooms? heirlooms I, a mine easy.
2: is full, 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 yeah. by none account, whereas yeah. my son's got nothing. But I've been running him through instances on my other character, so he's got the best of everything else. Little bastard's three level <laughs> below me, and he is like just a couple of percentage down from me in recount. <laughs> so he's quite proud of himself. But uh, but no, been having fun with it. Cool. So um, anyway, so Matthew's going to be back again next week. And we are going to have a fantastic time with that interview. You're going to want to make sure to listen to it. Show notes, of course, at ForTheLore.com. Anything you want to send to us, send it to ForTheLore at gmail.com and on Twitter at ForTheLore. And with that, we'll talk to you guys next week. Back in the early 80s, Don Bluth put out a little something called Dragon's Lair. Before that, he'd been a Disney animator who'd worked on everything from Sleeping Beauty to the Sword in the Stone and so much more. He'd eventually set out on his own and in 82 released The Secret of NIMH, which to this day remains an absolutely incredible animated movie. Now this is important because if you were around during that time, you knew who Bluth was. His presence in the industry was felt. So when Dragon's Lair was released as an interactive movie-slash-video game, it caused people to take notice. Though QuickTime events had been around for a while prior to Dragon's Lair, it was Bluth who really propelled the concept forward thanks in part to his genius with animation and the storage capacity of Laserdiscs which allowed him to do so much more than had been done till then. Now, Flash forward nearly 30 years and we have The Act, an iOS game developed by React Entertainment and published by Chilingo. The Act is very similar to Dragon's Lair in terms of its concept and gameplay. This time around, instead of controlling Dirk the Daring, you control Edgar the Window Washer. As with Dirk, nothing ever seems to go Edgar's way. While washing the hospital windows, his brother, still plastered from the night before, one would hope, manages to get bamboozled into a brain replacement surgery, and it's up to Edgar to save the poor drunken bastard. Along the way, he meets a sexy
1: nurse,
2: whom he tries to woo. In terms of gameplay, thanks to the iOS touchpad, you won't have to fumble with virtual joysticks and buttons. You merely have to swipe your finger across the screen when the quote unquote scene plays out, controlling Edgar's actions, ranging from shy to bold, comical to creepy. It's a very simple process, though still finds a way of working. You have to be very careful in terms of how quickly you choose Edgar's actions. And likewise, you have to make certain to keep a very close eye on those around him as they will give you visual cues as how to proceed. This is especially important when dealing with Sylvia the sexy nurse as it is very easy to go too far too fast or not fast enough leading her to walk away. In one scene, she was clawing at my poor Edgar's face leaving both he and I a little frustrated, sexually and otherwise. But I digressed. The game is cute and that works in its favor, though it also makes it a little bit more difficult to adults to get into. Now keep in mind that I'm a huge animation fan, my wife and I will watch animation shows even without the children around, we, we can appreciate a good story regardless of what medium is used to tell it. However, the act also suffers from two other things which make it difficult to get into. It is very, very simple and extremely short. By the time you get into the game, it is effectively over. 20 minutes max and that is taken into consideration several scene restarts due to Edgar's lack of commitment to my wooing suggestions. I can appreciate the work that went into developing this game, and had it lasted longer despite its simple gameplay, I'd have enjoyed my time with it. However, even when purchased on sale at 99 cents, it was still not worth it. By the end, you feel that you've just paid to play a proof of concept, a concept that 30 years ago was done far more lavishly, leaving you always wanting one more shot at playing the scene outright. Unfortunately with the act, once your 20 or so minutes are up, you're left feeling like you've played through an interactive trailer, not a movie. A beautifully animated and at times even engaging trailer, but a trailer nonetheless.
0: I think that's just the fan for my computer because it's so fucking hot.
2: Really? Okay. Sounds like I called a moving company for Christ's sakes. Everybody's bashing around. Matthew, are you there? Oh Jesus. Yes. <laughs> I'm fine. Alright. Can you turn it very hot? Yeah, apparently everybody Not was. in an
1: attractive sense, just in a temperature sense.
2: I I saw your your picture. I wasn't going to assume otherwise.
1: <laughs> I've had quite a few bears and woodland creatures tell me that. That quite you quite are attractive. quite... A, I, a I would assume
2: so. There is a billy goat somewhere that has a picture of you by its nightstand.
1: Now all I have to do is contemplate whether or not uh, they're trying to kill Ian McKellen with Gandalf rolls.
0: Yeah, because they just announced the third movie, right?
1: They just decided they don't want him to leave New Zealand. That's what it is. If he leaves New Zealand, he might do something else with his life. No, quickly, force him into the costume. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually all an elaborate scheme so Peter Jackson can have Ian McKellen read him the Phantom Tollbooth every night. I'm convinced of this. (laughs) (laughs) Can you do the other one? Can you do the other one, Ian? Oh, for fuck's sake, Pete, please. Fine. The little prince. You know, I've, I've got a knighthood. I've got a knighthood, Peter.
2: You came prepared tonight is what you're saying. You like <sighs> scripted material to be I don't ready. I have to for...
1: script this. All right. It's just, this all is... I have to do is think about Ian McKellen stuck on a, sheep, a sheep-infested island for the rest of his life, dressed up as Gandalf.
2: There are worse things in life.
1: Not when you, like, you know, could be in New London doing London things. Like, I could be, like, in London's high society, but instead I'm I'm completely surrounded by short people with hairy feet.
2: London's overrated.
1: I love London. Are you kidding me? Man, I'd go back right now if I had the money.
2: I don't want to do the podcast anymore. I need a break, but I'll come and listen. I just don't want to talk. Oh, he can't hear me, I didn't (laughs) didn't go live yet, or did I? (laughs) Okay, that would have been funny a minute ago. (laughs) Or no, I'm broadcasting, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Lack of sleep and drugs don't impair me that much. That's right, I was making fun of you, Vince app uh, on this the is, ios oh, this app store is, oh, oh this
1: is the 2007 one okay what you, oh, I, what's the point in talking he's not even listening to me no i'm listening <laughs> i'm still, still looking it up no no i'm not gonna stop just because we're talking about other things
2: <laughs> vince when are you coming back <laughs>